I, in my experience, we all have something important to share with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we need voices of beauty and truth and kindness and compassion more than ever right now. Mm. And so we need your voice. And and I know that you, the, your voice is powerful and your voice is beautiful. And you can access that with practice and in time. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. I've worked with thousands and thousands of people, um, kids and adults. And when you give the space to it, and when you open up to that, that divine possibility within you, um, you can access that voice of divinity and that voice of purpose and that voice of power. It's there, just waiting to be released. You are listening to The Ultimate Biohack for Women, a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn their cells on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. Hey, ladies, you gorgeous creatures. I am so excited to bring somebody very special in my life to you today. So his name is Albert Flynn De Silver, and he is a poet, a memoirist, master mindfulness meditation instructor, and workshop leader. He's the author of several books of poems, including Letters to Early Street and the memoir Beamish Boy which was named the best book of 2012 by Kirkus Reviews. This is so exciting. I usually don't read the whole bios, but I am just doing this for you because he has so much to offer. And you're going to absolutely love this, uh, this offering that we're bringing forth today. He's also written a nonfiction book, nonfiction book called The Write, Writing as a Path to Awakening, A Year to Becoming an Excellent Writer and Living an Awakened Life based on his popular writing workshops by the same name, was published by Sounds True in 2017. Like, Albert, this is just amazing. I just want to say that before I continue on. I mean, just to be be published by Sounds True is like freaking awesome, okay? So just, I hope you're, I'm sorry? It's fun. Oh, man. I hope you're celebrating the heck out of that. I am, you betcha. Good, good. So Writing as a Path to Awakening was called A Must Read by Bustle Magazine and named one of the poets and writers' best books for writers in 2018. So clearly this man has something to offer, right? Albert is a speaker and a trainer, having spoken at TEDx, as well as shared the stage with U.S. Poet Laureate Kay Ryan, best-selling authors Cheryl Strayed, Elizabeth Gilbert, Maxine Hong Kingston, and many others. He teaches writing and mindfulness workshops at the Omega Institute, the Esalon Institute, Spirit Rock Meditation Center, and literary conferences nationally. He lives in Northern California. So thank you so much for being here, Albert. What a joy, Brandy. I'm so delighted. And uh, that's fun to hear. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you can hear that because you've you've come so far. And I know about your backstory Yes, right. Uh, Albert is a friend of mine and Rogers, and I feel so blessed to know him. We actually had this really cool experience um, when I started 
coaching with this particular coach about my online business. I had some of his books on my desk. And when Albert came over to visit us, he came all the way to Colorado Mountains. Thank you very much. (laughs) And uh, he saw the books and he actually thought they were Rogers. He was like, are these yours? Are you doing this program? And Roger's like, no, she is. And that's when Albert and I just hit it off. Albert's like, I just did that program. (laughs) And so now we, we bounce ideas back and forth off each other and meet all the time and, and have this wonderful, uh, little gift of a relationship in my opinion. Uh, and I feel so blessed to know you, Albert. I, the feeling is absolutely mutual. I feel totally honored and blessed and it's been so fun, especially the last, I don't know what it's been. It's been like three or four months um, since I was in Colorado. And I just feel like our, our friendship and our connection is deepened in a, in a beautiful way. So I thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. My absolute pleasure. Um, so Albert, uh, as you know, we're speaking to uh, this beautiful group of women, I presume, where most of them are women who are listening in here. And, you know, the, the idea of these... Um, of these interviews, as I'll, as I'll say here, uh, as you already know, Albert, but the idea of the interviews is, is, is to really speak to something that the women in, who are listening in can hold on, something tangible that they can use to hack their life, to improve their lives in some way, to mm-hmm. elevate their consciousness and their well-being in some beautiful way that will help them live a better life and help them express themselves in the more powerful and purposeful way. Fantastic. What a great yes. intention. Thank and you. Speaking of intentions, I have to say, you know, I, I did when I was um, on tour for this book about a year and a half ago or a year ago, uh, I did this like online tour and I did a physical tour and I, I was on I had probably 40 something podcasts and I've never had a podcast um, host or hostess as you will. Um, who has set such a beautiful intention. And I mean, nobody else heard this, but just if I can say this out loud, <laughs> uh, just your offering in advance of hitting the record button was, was really sweet, really clear intention for your audience. And it's really beautiful. I haven't heard that before. And I think it's just fantastic. So. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you so much. I, you know, just like you, and that's why I just so vibe with you so well is because there's this deep, strong, strong, deep desire to help people wake up to their truth, mm-hmm. to wake up to the power that lives with inside, within them. And I'm saying that, and I don't even really know that for myself on the, the greatest <laughs> level, right? Because it's always an evolution. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I'm really excited to share your work with my audience because... Um, writing as a path to awakening is a beautiful way to bring expression to our truth. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Total yeah. gateway. And, and intentionality too, just to kind of riff off of, of that, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, I'm just setting up my, my podcast or whatever. But, you know, this is a, a very huge teaching, you know, just being intentional about everything that we do, even the seemingly small or mundane or rote things. It's like, can we bring our full attention? Can we bring our full heart and being to every activity? Awesome. Yes. Yes. And and can you just kind of enlighten us about how this book helps people do that? Yeah. So the book is, Writing is a Path to Awakening, it's basically... 
it's using writing as a, a metaphor. It could include any creative act, you know, so many of you may not be writers or may not have that much of an interest in writing, um, but thinking of writing in terms of a creative act for a creative intention. So it could be dance, it could be entrepreneurship, it could be a healing, it could be painting, it could be sculpture, whatever. Uh, but it's using that creative expression, using that creative act to bring um, a, a more awakened, uh, enlivened sense of being into the world. Um, like, how do we know what we think until we write it down or until we say it out loud or until we sing it? We don't really know. And so it's, it's um, this creative act that brings our sense of, of understanding to the world, our sense of possibility to the world, um, our sense of integration with the world. And, and so for me, writing has always been a, a, a kind of a, a journey of, of honestly of awakening, awakening to my true nature. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who went from, from being a suicidal alcoholic to being a published author and teacher, um, of course, over many years, it was an evolution, but there was a point where I really thought that I was worthless to this world. Mm. I had no self-esteem. I had no sense that I could contribute it all. And, um, and it was just, it was through this practice of writing of creativity, coupled with the practice of silence and meditative self-inquiry, that I finally started to identify with something larger than myself. And, um, and realizing that art, the creative act, is, is a gateway, is a portal to a higher consciousness. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> I could sort of keep going, but I thought I would pause there. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I just love hearing you speak. It's it's really a beautiful thing. I, the thing that comes to mind right now is like, for myself, I'm really good at body movement. Like, okay, yeah, that's my creative expression right now. Mm-hmm. And and I also know that I have two books living inside of me that are just like knocking at my door, going, "Hey, we're still here. We're still here." Uh-huh. But I have a lot of resistance, just like a lot of women who I work with, who I invite mm-hmm. to journal. I'm like, okay, why don't you journal about this? And they're like, ah, I don't want to do that. Right, <laughs> so right. Do you have maybe like a, a workaround to help open that door a little bit? Well, yeah. Like, first of all, let's acknowledge the fact that it, it's a courageous act to express ourselves. You know, there's this level of vulnerability. You know, when we express our truth from the inside out, we're sharing some very tender truths about ourselves and our experience. And there's a rawness to that. But what I found as someone who's written a memoir, which includes like some of the most mortifying, embarrassing, shameful behaviors <laughs> that, you know, I, I enacted as a former, in my former self, you know, when I was addicted to alcohol and drugs and completely lost. Um, but I, I had to go in there and write that. I had to kind of excavate some of that and, and free it from my body, you know, because it was, it was literally my story and some of the shame and doubt and fear. It was trapped in my body, in the physical viscera and 
bones of my body. Mm. And the only way to get it out for me was through the creative act. And for me, it was writing. Like for you, it might be movement. Uh, for somebody else, it might be painting. Um, but the important thing is to drum up that courage, you know, to, to take time in silence and to allow that inner world to, um, to arise and to, to, to be and to express, to give it voice. Um, it might come out as, as grief. It might come out as sadness. Um, it, it will also come out as joy. Um, it will also come out as excitement. It would also come out as a sense of possibility. Um, that's the beautiful thing about, about going inside and, and being courageous enough to, to be vulnerable and to, to acknowledge the griefs and the sadnesses and the doubts and the fears. Um, we realize that's what makes us human. And though it, it, on the surface, it sort of seems mortifying, right? Like, oh my God, you know, if I share this with the world, people are going to hate me. They're going to make fun of me and they're going to think, you know, I'm a loser, <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> and all that is very real. And yet what I found was that people found it to be very um, human and to be very real. And they appreciated my honesty. They appreciated me being willing to share those vulnerable truths. And you know, every once in a while, there will be, you know, a hater and a doubter. Um, but those are not your people. Those are not who we pay attention to. By and large, most of the people that, that have read my book or have shared my story with have been incredibly compassionate um, and acknowledging of like, oh, yeah, you gave words to what I was feeling or what I was thinking. Mm. So it does it. it, it I, I don't want to. Um, uh, you know, just gloss over the amount of courage it takes. And at the same time, I also want to remind people that, that you will be held. You'll be held by the earth. You'll be held by your community, your family. Um, you'll be held by perfect strangers you don't even know. I mean, I get letters. I got a letter today, actually, an email today of um, a guy who, who read my book and he was just telling me how, how much he appreciated it and how it gave him insights into his own uh, experience. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> what a beautiful thing. Um, wow. That so. is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I'm curious, Albert, um, when people are exploring this type of creativity, is it necessary to put it out like you being so courageous, put it out to the world, right? And mm -hmm. is there any benefit to just writing it for yourself or just writing it down so that you get absolutely, it out of Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. No, I make no assumptions about that. I mean, the creative practice can be a very private practice. It can be a conversation between you and God or you and goddess. Um, mm. And you don't have to show it to anybody. You know, it can mm. be a way for you just to channel energy and thoughts and ideas and and as I say is to release things onto the page or onto the canvas or onto the dance floor or whatever it is and just allow it to be your own way of of getting into that deeper conversation with the great mystery um it um so that it no means needs to be a public thing I mean I've just always been a a creator and and just always wanted to participate in a larger level as a kind of as a curiosity and as a test and as, as, um, um, 
you know, just a question, like, what would it be like to, to share this with the world, to share it with, you know, 10 people and then maybe a hundred people and then maybe a thousand and then maybe 10,000. What, what is that like? Um, wow. But it is a, it's, it's a, just a powerful act to, to be in conversation with yourself. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, ladies, I just want you to know that we're not asking you to go out there and write a book. Um, I think Albert's invitation is more about getting in touch with your creativity. And if it's through writing, great. If it's not, you know, like you said, dancing, painting, whatever. However, I personally, and Albert, I'm sure you can speak to this. I I love to paint. I love to dance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also in and out of my writing, I'm, I'm a pretty avid journaler because that's how I, that's how I process what I get in my meditations and things like that. But a lot of people are not like, there's a lot of fear around it, maybe because um, someone's found their old journal and found out things. And so now they have a fear of writing it down or Mm -hmm. they just don't feel like they're a good writer and they don't know what to write that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I know your book actually has exercises in it that helps pull this kind of stuff out, but do you have any, Anything else to speak to in that regard? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I am first to acknowledge that, that it can be uh, kind of frightening and, and scary. We, we're, we don't really have our footing. We don't know what to say. We don't know where our voice is. Uh, and so one of my favorite practices of all times, and many of your listeners will be familiar with this, is, is simply um, free writing or stream of consciousness writing. Um, I think this is the quickest, simplest way to get into the practice. Um, I have a number of free writing exercises in the book. Um, it's also fun in, in my workshops. It's, it's one of the, the gateways into just spontaneous writing where we just come to the page um, open and raw with no expectations, um, trying to let go of all our intellectual and emotional um, preconceptions and, and just meet the meet the page, meet the dance floor, meet the canvas um, in that open, raw state of curiosity, uh, knowing that we don't have to show this to anybody. We don't have to judge it. We don't, we can just let it be a reflection of, of what's going on in this moment internally. Um, and so the way that we usually do that is that we start, uh, you know, I set a timer on my phone or, or whatever. And um, just have an open blank page. We write from margin to margin. We don't stop to think. We don't lift our hand off the page and pause and try and contemplate what we want to say. Mm. Um, We're trying to move as urgently and quickly across the page from margin to margin um, at such a rate that we're out, um, we're outpacing the doubting critical mind Mm. because we want to get to the immediacy of our direct experience. And if we're true to that free writing process and we're quick and we're urgent, um, we can do that. And it's amazing what comes out. Um, And especially when you couple that with a meditative practice at the beginning, which is what I always do in my my live events and my live workshops. Um, We we always begin with the meditation and then we come straight out of that meditation into the writing Mm. Um, sometimes we'll do body movement, we'll do standing meditations, we'll do walking meditations, and then we'll go straight into the writing. And so there's this embodied presence that gets imprinted onto the page. And oftentimes people don't even recognize their own creation. They're like, wow, that's me? Like, 
where did that come from? <laughs> it's like my favorite. That's why I love teaching so much is because these revelations are happening all the time. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, actually, Albert, I, I take this uh, sensual dance class uh-huh. and uh, I talk about it to my ladies all the time because it's just such an exquisite part of my life. And, it, and, it's, and it's a similar thing. It's like you don't have a choreography. It's uh, you mm-hmm. let the music open your body. Yes, you just allow yourself to be opened by the music, and and I I I feel a, a, co- a collaborative effort coming here because I'm going to do the teacher training next year, so <laughs> I could uh-huh. just see a sensual embodied dance class with writing afterwards being a really awesome thing to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely! No, I mean that's why over the years I've I've added in more and more movement. To, I mean, I'm not a dance teacher. I'm not a qigong practitioner, but I, I have learned over the years um, a lot of different um, subtle movement exercises and body um, exercises that really guide us into the writing in a, in a profound way. It's so important because I think the best writing is embodied writing. It's, 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 it's the kind of writing or creativity that's coming out of the visceral experience, not just the head. You know, not just where we're like thinking, 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 using our like intellectual mind, which is great. You know, it's the mind is a is a good important tool, but when we can access those deeper core centers of our heart and our belly, that's when the writing and any art gets super interesting. I love that. And it, yeah, I, I feel that too. Like whenever I'm in a heady space and it's an interesting thing because if you, like, if I think about the energetics, right. Of, mm-hmm. of just the body, we have these chakras, we have the root chakra with it, which is earthly, how we're embodied kind of chakra. And then we have this mm-hmm. crown chakra where we're kind of more ethereal and, you know, energetic and, uh-huh. People like myself, I don't know if this is true for you. I have a feeling that may be true. Uh, but people like myself is, uh, we kind of like to be in the air. Like being embodied is very difficult sometimes and has yes. been very difficult in my past. Yes. And so, but to be able to bring, like for the healing to happen, and that's what this writing is about, right? For our own awakening. And we heal through that process. Mm-hmm. We, it, it is about being embodied. And so often if we've had sexual trauma or, um, you know, abuse or any other thing that's just jolted us out of our bodies and it's kind of a little bit safer out there, mm-hmm. then it's a, a real, it's a real act of courage to get into your body and then let yourself be fully in there. Like I commonly invite people, I don't know if this is appropriate for you, but I commonly invite, cause I work with women. I invite them into their pelvic floor. I invite them mm-hmm. into their yoni. I invite them into their feet because mm-hmm. until they get there, they cannot let go of the garbage and the, the trauma that they've been holding onto that's keeping them stuck in their patterns. Yes. Absolutely. Now, this is so true. This has been so true in my own experience, again, which is why these these kinds of embodied um, exercises are, are so important for me. Um, I remember and I remember when I first started getting into meditation practice um, 25 years ago and um, and I was really into the sitting practice because I got to this point pretty quickly where I could disembody where I could just literally like I could sit and then I could go up the chakra chain and go out into the crown chakra and be like, wow, this is great. 
Yep. I know that space. (laughs) This is fantastic. And I, you know, it was sort of like just another way that I could disconnect. And, um, and so it wasn't until I met um, one of my teachers, Ajahn Jamnian, who's a a Thai meditation master, who's actually one of Jack Cornfield's teachers. And he used to come to Spirit Rock a lot in the nineties. And, and he had this, he had been trained with various shamans, and did this whole like skeleton scan practice, which I do now on my, I do a variation of this on my retreats. And it's just like this super incredible, like earth grounding practice that gets you in your bones and into the earth. And it's just, it's insane. <laughs> it's like mm. the first time I did it, I was just like, ah, you know, I was just kind of freaking out. Like it's not safe in here. Because uh-huh. I had, you know, when I was a little kid, I experienced physical abuse. And uh, so I was still experiencing trauma from that. And, and it, but it, it was held in such a way that over time I could slowly embody a little bit more and a little bit more. And it just opened me up to all these creative nooks and crannies that I never knew I had. You know, mm. that willingness to go in there. Um, a little bit at a time um, through various practices was, was just transformational. Wow. Well, Albert, would you, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about how you went from drugs and suicidal and alcoholic and abused to literally sharing the stage with people like Cheryl Strayed and Elizabeth Gilbert. <laughs> like, how did you make that? How did you come to a place where you were like, oh yeah, I'm going to share my, my story? Oh God, you know, what a journey. So of course this didn't happen overnight. Um, and I was, I, was, uh, I was in bad shape. You know, I had um, experienced some severe, my mother was a, a devout and practicing alcoholic and um, I'd started drinking when I was 12 by 19 I was a committed binge drinker um, there was a terrible night where I I passed out face down in the driveway at a party at a friend's house and um, ended up underneath my friend's car and he eventually decided it was time to leave the party jumps in the car and he drives right over me oh my and gosh somehow he heard me screaming. He heard me screaming and he stopped the car and he dragged my bleeding body into the back seat, drove to the hospital. Oh my God. And I somehow survived. And um, I, I was still alive after that event and, um, you know, traumatized and confused. And especially when my parents came to the hospital and they were like, we're so disappointed in you. Oh God. <laughs> it's like, that does not help. <laughs> So I, um, you know, I got sober for a while. Then I moved to Colorado. I'm in college, bad influences, uh, more drugs, more drinking. Then there's another night um, in Boulder, Colorado, where I just got completely blasted once again and uh, wound up in, I blacked out. I don't know what happened. I wound up in the emergency room and I was, I woke up under arrest, handcuffed to a hospital bed with no idea how I got there. Oh, oh and I was wow. like, oh, oh, oh. and um, <laughs> so my girlfriend came to pick me up at the hospital in the morning and she's like, if you ever do that again, I'm out of here. 
uh, I had to go to, to counseling, court-appointed counseling, and um, I just knew I wasn't going to get another chance. Mm. And so that was it, 1991, September 1st, I quit drinking, and I never drank again. Um, I moved to, to California to start anew. Um, I end up in, um, meeting you know, some new people in California. My friend Todd, who's in, in um, therapy, he's like, hey, you should join my therapy group. And so I'm like, oh, I definitely need therapy. I'll do that. <laughs> so I joined the therapy group. And it turns out it's a psychedelic therapy cult. And I get like <laughs> sucked into the vortex of this uh, sort of initially well-meaning group that turns into more of like a drug cult. And we're doing psychedelics and mushrooms and ecstasy. And it was nuts, totally nuts. Um, that's a whole lot of story that people can read about and Beamish Boy if they're interested. Um, but eventually I extricated myself from that journey, uh, got into grad school uh, as a photographer. And um, one of my mentors in grad school was a guy named Bill Berkson, who's a, a poet and art writer. And he was at the Art Institute and, and sent me off to a poetry reading one night. And I wasn't interested in poetry or writing or any of that stuff. I was kind of on this photo track, but he sends me to this reading. I go to the reading and I show up there and it turns out it's like this launch reading for the Norton anthology of postmodern American poetry. It's like this huge deal. And <laughs> all these amazing, incredible writers from all over the world are there. And uh, during the beginning of the, uh, during the introduction, <clears throat> the host uh, reads this poem by Jack Spicer. And, uh, and there's this poem that he wrote from the 1950s. And he reads this line and it goes, unbind the dreamers, poet be like God. <laughs> I was like, what? Wow. It totally like hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, that's poetry. That's what writing is. You know, this, like, it was like a call to action. Unbind the dreamers, poet be like God. Wow. And I was just like, that's freaking amazing. And I started writing that very night. That was like my, my cause. I, you know, I did photo work a little bit for the next year or two, but I just got fully into this writing thing. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm teaching, I'm you know, tracking down the California poets in the schools and I'm teaching in their program. And I start writing my own work and sending it out for publication. And it just, you know, slowly builds over time. And at that, that same time, this was in the mid to late 90s, uh, I got wind of Spirit Rock. And someone sent me to a, a sitting group with Jack Hornfield. And, mm. uh, and he was reading poetry at this, this Buddhist meditation group. And I was like, oh, look, it's all kind of coming together. And wow. I just found it so healing. And I found that, like, oh, maybe I could do this. I don't know what gave me the, the thought that I could do this. It was kind of, maybe it was just a spiritual thing. And I was so interested in it. I was so taken by the artist and that the artist could be a voice for consciousness and awakening and healing. I was like, I want to do that. You know, I want to heal myself first. And if I can do that through poetry or through art making, sign me up. And so it just became this journey that just unfolded, you know, slowly over time. And wow. um, here we are. 
Yeah. So you've had a few wake up. Yeah. 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 Read Beamish boy for the whole one, (laughs) but you've had a couple of wake up calls. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Right. And then the right people show up in your life at the right time. They really do. Yeah. Um, you know, I met my, my wife in 1999 and that was a game changer because I was this like super floaty, wounded little bear, just like scratching my way <laughs> through the world. Uh, you know, just super into this poetry thing and getting just turned on to meditation and kind of living in this sort of ethereal, high chakra, lost healing mm. realm. Mm. And along comes this woman who's like super grounded, a social worker in the trenches you know, working at a prison in New York City. (laughs) The most unlikely combination. Wait a minute, I didn't realize that she worked at a prison. I can't even imagine that. Oh, yeah, she worked at Rikers Island. Oh, my gosh. I met her. (laughs) Yeah, like one of the most, the darkest, most (laughs) intense prisons in the country. And, Mm -hmm. um, And she was just like this incredibly funny, smart, brilliant, courageous person and I was like wow sign me up for that like that's like an amazing person who who can be so grounded in the world like I was not that grounded in the world and so there was and she wasn't that in touch with her creativity at the time and um so it was just this like incredible meeting but that that was a a pivotal transformational point in my life Wow. I sort of went off on a tangent there, but. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Your story is amazing. Yeah. And I just love the way, like the invitation, and I'm just speaking to these beautiful women who are listening. The invitation is to keep your ears open, keep your heart open, keep your gut open. Yes. You know, because always, I I feel like we're like, we ask for things. We're like, Oh, I want my life to be different. I want this thing. And I want to get rid of that. Or I want to improve this. And I, I, all, I totally, 100% to the depth of my being, believe that our prayers are answered. Uh-huh. And I also know that we commonly overlook the answer because we're not being available for it to be here. Right. Yeah, it's true. Often it's, it's uh, closer than we, we think. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like the whole um, notion of enlightenment or awakening or, or whatever you want to call it. Is that... Um, you know, we're, we're thinking that it's, it's, it's out there somewhere. It's, it's maybe held in the, the, the guru over there in the, in the robes and the beard and whatever, or, or in the Western spiritual teacher, whatever we project outside of ourselves. Um, but awakening is, is, is within us. It's, it's who we are. It's closer than our neck vein. Mm. Right? It's, it's, it's right here with our breathing, with this moment right here, you and I, having this conversation, the mm. resonance of our vocal cords and our throats, you know, just beaming through hyperspace right now, connecting with these amazing women who are listening. Uh, that's the, the miracle of creation is, is happening right now. It's not, it's not some thing that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Um, and so to be available for that is to, is to show up. Um, as best we can, moment to moment. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so on that note, um, 
do you have like any tips for the women that like, I know, like I was speaking to a woman the other day and she was like, you know, people, someone like a therapist or somebody asked her, she's in my dance class. It's actually the teacher in my dance class. The teacher was like, what does your body love and allow that? Mm -hmm. And she was like, but I don't know. Right. Like, how do people go from, I don't know, to yes. To knowing, yes. So that is the practice of surrender and like really forcing yourself to take time for silence and inner listening. Silence and stillness are the gateway. And whatever that means to you, it doesn't have to be like a classic um, sitting meditation thing, but however you can orient your life and take time in silence every day, um, that can be sitting practice, it can be a, a, move, a contemplative movement practice like a qigong or a tai chi or a, a yogic practice, but, but giving yourself over to silence and presence is the single best way to, to get at that knowing. Um, I mean, you can also couple that with, I mean, I'm a big reader. I love books and I love exploring spiritual ideas and, and spiritual journeys. Um, the, the trick there is that, that we can get caught in those stories and other people's journeys and be like, well, what? no, this awakened is he or she is. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can get sort of off on that story point. Um, so it's important to, to, to be courageous. And even if you have to force yourself to take time for silence, see it as nourishment um, every day. You know, contemplative time in nature is another way to get at that knowing. Mm. But those, those those are the ways. And of course, journaling. I mean, for me, like to get at that inner knowing is to write it down. I have no idea what I'm I'm really thinking. The, the, the thoughts are going so fast most of the time <laughs> that until I slow down and write it down, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know what I'm feeling. And so taking time to journal every day, whatever that might mean to you. Um, and again, there's like, there's 12 and 12. There's 12 writing practices and 12 um, being practices, meditation practices in, um, in my book that um, have served me endlessly over the years. That's gorgeous. I love that. You know, like for women who are having trouble getting still, I know I have to be very mindful about it. Like I have to get my stillness practice first thing in the morning mm-hmm. or it won't happen <laughs> Right. because I tend to just go a hundred percent nonstop. And, mm-hmm. and now I'm actually, as of just the past week or maybe a little bit more, I've been practicing, okay, what would it be like to create space between my events? So I'm going to do this work on my computer and then I've got a meeting. So I'm going to give myself a 30 minute break. They're mm-hmm. not quite 30 minutes yet, but I'm giving myself more breaks, which is, which is my time to do nothing, <laughs> right. maybe dance or do nothing, sit with my journal, sit with my cat, eat some lunch mm-hmm. without the radio or the music, you know, um, so, so that's, that's definitely something I'm, I'm working on employing, but another, another really great, I like the way you said use nature. So, you know, yeah, go for a walk or go out in nature, just feel the wind on your face, just feel the sun on your face without your earphones in your head. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless of course you're listening to like a guided meditation, but even then I think like when you're out in nature, you should be in nature, yeah. right? 
and, and just be present with the elements and the non-human world. Yeah. Because that's true power is, is, is being with that energy of the non-human world, the animal energy, the mineral energy, the plant energy. Mm. It, um, it works in subtle, subtle ways that we can't even really understand. But if we're open to that, it can influence us and guide us and inspire us and, and help us find our voice in very, very powerful ways. Um, another thing I want to say just about the, the practice of, of meditation is don't go it alone. You know, um, come to a, a retreat or a workshop. Um, find a, a teacher that you feel a connection to and with. Um, um, use your resource. There's so many incredible resources out there. Um, I'm a, a teacher on the Insight Timer app. Um, which is inside, I think it's insidetimer.com. And there's thousands of free meditations, um, guided meditations, if you're new to meditation. And, and start small, start slow. You know, start with, with five minutes and see how you do. And then go to seven minutes and 10 minutes and 20. And, you know, over time, Love it. easing into practice is important. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. And maybe like one of the things that comes to mind for me is like with your book, it, it kind of is in chunks. So you can maybe like go take a bath and take your journal into the bathroom. <laughs> I do this often, actually, I journal when I'm in the, sh- in the bath, but um, like read not a your laptop, of, your journal, not your laptop <laughs> and don't have your music on and no movies. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I found myself getting into a little rhythm where I was like, I'm going to take a bath and watch a movie. And I'd put my computer and my movie screen right there on the, on the sink and <laughs> I'd oh, lay in the bathroom. No. And watch a movie. Like, okay, oh no. Is, yeah. Yeah. This is not really doing what it's supposed to be doing. So <laughs> let's stop that right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the so. other thing too, you know, what you're, you're talking about earlier, just um, sometimes what we have the habit of doing as humans is, is discounting our story um, or, or thinking somehow that we don't have something to, to contribute and share with the world. Mm. And I, in my experience, we all have something important to share with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we need voices of beauty and truth and kindness and compassion more than ever right now. Mm. And so we need your voice and, and I know that you, the, your voice is powerful and your voice is beautiful and you can access that with practice and in time. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. I've worked with thousands and thousands of people, um, kids and adults. And when you give the space to it and when you open up to that, that divine possibility within you, um, you can access that voice of divinity and that voice of purpose and that voice of power it's there just waiting to be released Mm. thank you for saying that yeah it's important to remember because we we do we can sort of disregard like oh that's for somebody else to do or you know yeah yeah it's easy to put ourselves down or not think that we're good enough or have what it takes or um, I'm not a writer, so I probably shouldn't write, you know? <laughs> exactly. No, I hear that all the time. And all, well, my response is a very simple one. A writer is somebody who writes. A writer is not somebody who's published, not somebody who's in the limelight. A writer is simply somebody who 
who takes action mm. and actually puts pen to paper. That's Love what it. Is. Love it. I just have just loved our conversation. Is there, is, is there anything you want to say before we kind of wrap this up? Is there anything else on your mind at all, Albert? Um, you know, just that, that um, you are creativity. You are creation. You are love. And, and um, be kind to yourself. Um, you know, start with yourself. Start with that reflection of... of um, realizing your your true worth and your true uh, potential because it's there and it all it all it needs is loving kindness and compassion Mm. and know that the world is there to support you and to hold you and um, and to celebrate this this miracle that is life it is so so precious and all it takes is a shift in attention to, to realize that and your role in it. Mm. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's beautiful. Awesome. And do you happen to have any workshops coming up? I do, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, I am devoted to, to helping others live their truth and, and live their, their creative awakening whatever that means for them. So I lead workshops um, every year all over the country. Uh, I'm also doing an online workshop starting January 4th. Um, This is going to be um, writing creativity and consciousness. Uh, And this is, as I say, it's month to month. So people can come in for one month or you can do all the months or you can do three of the months, however you want to do it. Um, it is a, it's an ongoing series. We'll do writing exercises. We'll do mindfulness exercises. Um, so that's an online thing. And then I have a bunch of live events um, here in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, March 28th. Um, I'll be at 1440 Multiversity in Santa Cruz. Um, I'm going to be at the Art of Living Center in uh, North Carolina, all these places. But you can find out all that information on my website, which is my full name.com. <laughs> I'll put a link to link to your website in the show notes. Definitely. Oh, for sure. And also, yeah, I, I want to give, I want to support your listeners with um, a free book and a free meditation program giveaway. Um, I love this. Yeah. So people can find that at uh, brilliant writer. So that's brilliant slash free dash book. Brilliantwriter.com slash free dash book. And you can grab a free copy there and um, I'll send a signed copy of the book and you can access oh. um, a seven, uh, it's a seven track full meditation course that's been getting hundreds and hundreds of really great reviews online. So people are loving oh. it. And you can grab it for, it's not free free. It's just for the cost of shipping really. I mean, it's basically free, but all we're asking for is seven bucks to help us with shipping and handling. Um, wow. And, and you're speaking of the writing as a path to awakening, this latest book you've written. Yes. Yeah. The writing is a path to awakening book. Exactly. Okay. Ladies, get on your computer right now <laughs> and get this book. Yeah, okay. People have been really loving it. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, normally it's like a $20 book or whatever, but. I'm actually, now that we're talking about this, can't believe I haven't thought of this before now, but I'm going to send one to my mother. Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been trying to get a book out for about a year and she actually sends her copy to Roger for him to 
review it and edit it and read it and you know oh, get his feedback. Great. Yeah, oh, but I think so cool. she would really love your uh, your offering here because I think it will help her be a better writer. Well, obviously, oh, yeah. it will help her be a better writer. No, it's a great guide for for process and practice um, mm. in particular. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Albert. I really appreciate your time and your offering and your light and the beauty that you bring to life here on our planet. Oh my God. Randy, what a joy. I um, absolutely adore you and appreciate you and your good work and an honor to be with your incredible audience. Wonderful. Ladies, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as we have. And just to remind you, as my mentor says, you are the culmination of the five people you hang around most. And you have just spent about an hour of your life with some really cool folks here. (laughs) May your life be inspired and may your day be blessed. We will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor and the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.